You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the OBR's Twitch channel. My name is Ian McBride. I'm in desperate need of a haircut. I have way too much here, uh, but for now, I don't have a haircut. I've got uh, Mike Keefe. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> What that's maybe the best intro I have ever received, <laughs> man. That is, I have never. Was I just compared to a haircut? Yeah, it's we move you move fast here. You can't, uh, you, you, you gotta keep up. Have you met me? <laughs> There's no moving facts. In fact, listen, Ian, good to be Makes here. Safety move slow. There, there we go. are. Good to be here. Got the beers cold. Uh, got the takes even colder here tonight. <laughs> yes. Oh and, yeah, uh, we are we are in the forward. the doldrums. Uh, we are in the dog days of summer. Not a whole lot going on as we wait for the uh, the big domino to fall. Uh, we do have some news on that, which is what we're going to open with. We're also going to talk a little bit about the coaching staff, maybe uh, expectations for them going into this year. And then after that, we'll go into questions you guys have. So if you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the chat. Otherwise, we will jump over to Ask the Insiders. And uh, we're just going to jump into it. Uh, three stories we've got about the quarterback position, namely Deshaun Watson. Uh, two of them came out today. One of them came out over the weekend. We're going to start with uh, the most annoying one for you, you and me, uh, which is uh, that the the decision, which was widely expected to come down before training camp, uh, maybe not before training camp. Uh, sources in the Watson case uh, came out. Let me uh, make sure I can credit this tweet. Uh, Charles Robinson uh, says sources of the Watson case believe arbitrator Sue Robinson's decision could bump up against or even overlap with the first few days of Brown's training camp. One opinion offered on the timeline is that she may be taking her time to give the league and Watson another shot at settling. I've got my own uh, opinion on this and I think yours it might end up being the same. So I'll just throw it over to you. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> You know how we're kind of in the doldrums? Watch out for that water. It'll get you. Oh, yeah. It'll, get you. It'll yeah. come out at you. <laughs> uh, everybody's in the doldrums with the story. Everybody is, and especially, listen, I'm just out here having a good time uh, trying to provide a little rationality and, and common sense and logic. Uh, but but these people that get paid a lot of money to break news and they're all feeling the doldrums of hearing no news and anything. So they're all trying to come up with something. And I'm not saying that Charles Robinson isn't a fine reporter. I'm not saying that he said anything wrong. It's quite the contrary. I think he came up with a story that's plausible and it could happen. But I also think, or we could hear tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, or, or we could hear tomorrow. I, I, nobody knows. I know there are sources coming out there, but unless Sue Robinson is out there telling people like, eh, I'm probably going to wait a while. I'm probably, gonna, and she might've, and she might've. Yeah doesn't seem like a very judgely thing to do yeah uh, and so i think it's a fine story that he wrote i think that i buy it i i mean i think it could be another couple weeks i just am not sitting here saying well charles robinson said that so we're probably not going to hear anything for a couple weeks i think i think we're all feeling the fact <laughs> that we want this to be resolved and we're all trying to come up with news about it and we're all trying to come up with things to talk about with it uh, and I think they're the big national guys are doing the same thing, Ian. So, uh, again, I'm not sure that Charles Robinson knows anything substantial. I'm not sure that anybody does. So I think it was a very plausible situation. Uh, I don't know that I would call it a probable situation. 
yeah, so you you touched on it a little bit. My first thought was if if there's a leak coming out saying Sue Robinson wants to give them more time to settle, it's not coming from Sue Robinson. <laughs> right, She's, right. It's coming from either the NFL or Deshaun Watson uh, in the NFLPA. So that suggests to me uh, that one of those sides wants to settle. Uh, based on what everything we've heard, it would suggest the NFL probably wants to settle more so than uh, Deshaun Watson's side because Deshaun Watson is not happy with the number of games that are coming out uh, as the as the offer uh, for settling. So that would be my even own that, expectation out of it. But even that, Ian, I'm like, I don't even, I don't know how much of that I'm buying at this point. I don't, I, I just, I am, I have put myself into shelter mode. I think. Yeah. And that's probably not good for somebody who like is supposed to come on and talk about it. But I, I've put myself a bit into shelter mode. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I. Am I believing or agreeing with literally anything? Like, if the if if the rumor is the NFL might be willing to settle at four to six games, I don't know that I'm buying that Deshaun Watson's team isn't like, okay, we'll do that. Like, yeah, I just, absolutely. I just think that there are so many. Everybody is grasping at every straw to come up with a story here. Everybody is grasping at every straw to make it sound like they have the 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 in, and and it's. Can be it can be frustrating as a reader or as a listener, but listen, this is how these people have to make their money. This is how, especially the big national people, they have to feel like they got an in. That's that's how they are. That's how you become an insider, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is 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 you have the ins. So I I don't know. I just don't know that I'm buying anything, and I know that gives nothing to our listeners. But right now, the ball is in the court of one person's hands. Yeah, it is in it is in one person's hands. And so unless she's out there spreading things and making rumors and talking to people, which I highly doubt she is doing, I don't think anybody really has any idea. Like I literally, everybody's starting to make their opinions and, and their judgments on what's going on, Ian. I'm still at, this could be zero games or this could be indefinite Yeah, and anywhere in between. Well, it, that moves us actually into the next part. Uh, we have a couple questions about tech. We will absolutely get to those. Chat username and ICO OBR. We will get to talking about tech. Thank you very much for the questions there. Uh, also, a mention on the Perry Allen free contract. I assume that's going to get cleared up. I think every single time somebody doesn't sign to something about offset language and every single time they meet in the I, I don't know how this, this works with the preset contracts, but I, nobody's, nobody's actually going to not sign a rookie contract. Uh, and they're not going to, you know, make Perry on Winfrey not be on the team over like some random offset no. language stuff. No. Um, but you talked about um, certain, like z how much of a range we've got from zero to 16. And part of that is uh, something, this is a follow-up from Charles Robinson. I think this one, uh, the previous one was maybe more speculation. This one I think definitely is sourced, which is uh, he says that uh if Watson ends up incurring the full year suspension, the NFL is seeking either from the arbitrator or a league appeal of Robinson's decision. I'm told his camp in the NFLPA have already made the decision to file a lawsuit against the league in federal court. And that's part of why this range is insane because we have, I have no idea if they suspend him for a year and he sues, if he's allowed to play while that plays out, I have no idea. Absolutely none. <laughs> I don't know how any of this is going to work if they move away from the arbitration and into, into a lawsuit. Um, it's no clue, not a, not a single clue. Um, but I, very much hope against that because I want this whole situation to just be re resolved. 
Yeah, I, 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 again, again, it's just I, I, I'm I, I'm probably uh, bad. I, I'm really excited for our next topic because I'm, <laughs> I'm, somehow you you like our next topic even more than this one. No, the funny thing is I hate our next topic, and I have yeah, very I know. That's, strong that was that was the sarcasm. Yeah. Uh huh. This one, okay, <laughs> but but again, it's just it's okay. So again, these are reports that are coming out because they need something to write about with Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Whether we like it or not. I know some Browns fans are starting to feel like, oh, we're getting picked on. The Browns are getting picked on or Cleveland's getting picked on. Or even if you're not happy with what the Browns have done and bringing in Deshaun Watson, you're tired of hearing about it. We're seeing it in the comments. Yeah. Everybody's tired Absolutely. of hearing about it. And when we know, but you got to, this is the big storyline of the NFL offseason. And, and, Think about it from our perspective. We would love to be talking about, you know, going really in depth to break down how the season is going to go for the Browns, but we have no clue. We have no idea how the season is right. going to go until we get the numbers on the Watson. Oh, and I feel bad. It's so difficult to really kind of judge anything until we get those numbers. Listen, I am a schmuck who passionately talks sports over beers. That is what I do. That is our show. That is Garage Beers. There you go. I feel so bad for like the rest of you guys that do this on the OER <laughs> that are so much smarter and, and in-depth analysis and breaking down every little detail. The the, the work yeah. that gets done here on the OBR, not by me, the work that gets done by the uh, by the OBR, by these guys, you guys that, that really love to dive Jake, in, that you can't do it right now. Yeah. The, well, the amount of the uh, amount work Jake Burns is putting into like Jacoby Brissett stuff. And uh, like, what if Jacoby Brissett doesn't play a snap for this? <laughs> For the Cleveland Browns, because that's still on the table. It's we just have no idea. I just, but but the whole like, okay, all right, okay. So are they going to sue? Uh, okay, I like it's it's a report. It's interesting. That's and uh, that's an option. But we, like you said, Ian. Uh, so then what? Yeah. So so now what happens? That's what this whole. That's the frustrating thing about this whole off season is this is just an off season of so then what? Yeah. And that's not even. And again, I don't I don't want to ever lose sight of the fact that like. That's not just the only frustrating part of the offseason. Again, if, if you are morally perturbed by what's going on, obviously you're probably listening to me talk right now being like, what do you mean that's the upsetting oh, part yeah, of we're, we, Yeah, I don't mean that. I we are in no way the victims of anything here. No. We're just trying to talk about the Browns. I mean, from a football perspective, <laughs> yeah. though, it's like, oh, how many scenarios can we get? How many scenarios, fake scenarios, Ian, can we talk about? <laughs> now we're talking about them suing the NFL it's, in it's court. Been, if they give them a full season on a Wednesday uh the fourth week of july if that decision comes down then they'll sue but if it's on thursday then they might accept the decision. i don't we don't know we just don't know and everybody needs to write something about it because it is the it's not just the biggest storyline in cleveland it is the biggest storyline of the nfl offseason yeah so well, he's got to write about it and everybody's sort of getting preemptively angry right uh is if it's too much or too little what, there are these sides that are getting already just be incredibly angry about it. Oh boy, it's it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be fantastic. I hope I hope Sue Robinson is getting paid well for this circus. I do too. I do too. Because I, I none of this is coming from her. Everybody's trying to manipulate the media, and she's just like, "Did you guys want me to do this, or did you want to do it yourselves?" Because it seems like you want to do it yourselves. I, the biggest storyline for me coming out of all this is like, I kind of I don't even know who Sue Robinson is, but I kind of like her. <laughs> I like I kind of like Sue. I'm a Sue Robinson fan. Yeah, I've no, I I don't know anything about her, but it seems like she's not participating in the uh, in the <laughs> circus. So that's you know respect for that. We were go- we're going to seamlessly transition uh, that into football talk uh, because it is still related to Deshaun Watson, and here here comes the beer because we've talked about this plenty of times. And uh, just to just to make this a little lighter for you, I've brought a prop. 
for the uh, 100 or so people that watch on uh, watch on podcast. This is an oven mitt because I do not have a great wingspan, but I'm going to use this to go ahead and pat myself on the back because I have been saying for months, if there's an extended suspension for Deshaun Watson, the Browns are not going to be comfortable with Josh Dobbs as a backup comes out this weekend. If there's a lengthy suspension for Deshaun Watson, the Browns will be pursuing backup options for Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you obviously love this topic, so let's go ahead and talk. I actually, actually, I want to do this, Ian, before I my head explodes. I would like you to give a good, solid, sound description of what you are thinking, and then I will, I'll go crazy afterwards. Uh, I mean, I, the only thing I really care about is that this like ups the chances of the Browns getting Jordan Love from zero percent to one percent. That's about all I got. That's, that's that's the sound rational. <laughs> that's 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 my that's the extent of my interest in the backup okay. quarterback. <laughs> I just listen. I love the passion, and I love. We're talking about a backup quarterback. We're not <laughs> just talking about backup. a backup quarterback. We're talking about a backup to the backup. I don't know why everybody's out here like, well, I can't have Josh Dobbs out there. He's the third string quarterback. That's why he's <laughs> even on the team. Yeah, and I'm yep. sorry. Who are you going to go get? Listen, if, if you're going to come out and tell me, Ian, that they're going to, like, persuade Fitzmagic into a season, oh, I'd be down with that just for the storyline. But what are we – we're talking about Heineke? Who are we talking – oh, oh, Jordan Love? We're not talking about anybody. This uh, – what gets lost in this whole conversation, because I've had, like, very serious conversations with people – not that serious, we're talking about football – but very serious conversations about the team where people are like, well, you can't go in with the back of Josh Dup. <laughs> You do know that any other team, if your starting quarterback goes out and you go to your backup, your season's kind of screwed, yeah. right? Like, we do all understand that, right? We're talking about this as if, like, well, what if Jacoby Brissett goes down? No, 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 no. And I kind of like Jacoby Brissett. I think he's a fine backup. But if he's your starter week one for, like, the whole season, it's not going to be a great season, guys. Yep. It, teams don't – if Patrick Mahomes went down week one, the Chiefs are not a Super Bowl contender. The yeah. Chiefs may not even be a playoff contender if Patrick Mahomes goes down week one. If if Josh Allen goes down week one and Case Keenum has to lead that team, they may make the playoffs. Maybe. I don't know why we act like you're going to find this guy that's going to like salvage a Super Bowl team. We're talking about backup quarterbacks. Backup I mean, quarterbacks. Part of it is just the fun of it, right? Because we, all of all of our speculation as fans is is has been about this mentally draining. Deshaun Watson stuff. All we ever think about is Deshaun Watson. Yeah. What's gonna happen there? And I'm, you know, I think at least with that, with that backup quarterback, you could start to have a little fun, right? You can, you could, t you could think about Fitzmagic in a Browns uniform. You know, that's 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 a much more pleasant topic than is Deshaun Watson going to sue the NFL? Is what's what's Fitzmagic gonna do? Can we coax him out of yeah. retirement? I'd be <laughs> interested know? in that, but otherwise, these other guys that are getting floated out there, what are we talking like? Again, it's it's the conversation on the backup quarterback, the backup backup quarterback. Like, I, I'm cool. If you go into the season with Dobbs, uh, okay. I'm not mad about it because I don't know who else. Who the hell else are you going to go? Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, I remember my one of my favorite NFL moments of all time was that week 
where Brandon Whedon was was going in and Jerry Jones could not stop talking about how amazing he thought Brandon Whedon was. And then Cowboys fans were like, yeah, oh, this is going to be great. And Browns fans were just watching like, we know what's going to happen. We know exactly what's going to happen. Dude, uh, the comments here, man. Johnny Football. <laughs> Isn't he available? Yeah, isn't Manziel? Is, yeah. yeah, well, I don't know. He's... Last I last I saw, I don't think he was doing that great in the CFL when he uh, when he was there. So. No, yeah, he no, he was the last time I saw he was in that league where like the fans call the place. Yeah, <laughs> with, I think he was playing with Terrell Owens, wasn't he? Like the, the two of them teamed up in yeah. that. Uh, listen, there's the Texas A&M thing right back there. Big Johnny fan. If you go up into my closet, there's a Johnny Manziel jersey. There's oh, a Brandon no. Whedon jersey. Oh no. There's a there's a Baker Mayfield jersey. Like I'm I'm waiting for this buyback thing from the Browns. Yeah. The lesson the lesson is only buy jerseys for offensive linemen. If you bought an uh, offensive lineman jersey, those ones those ones are you know solid. Yeah, because it's only Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas, Joe Batonio. You want to grab a Batonio? That's sort of oh. even if you had like what what one of the other guys like an Alex Mack, you know. So I that's so this, Mitchell Schwartz. That's fine. I'm derailing this because whatever backup. Well, I mean, we're, we, if we get to derail as much as you want to do. If you get to the point, Ian, where Jacoby Brissett is hurt and can't play, guys, the season is over. It, it, like, I think we all have a little bit of hope that if Brissett has to carry the team for six weeks, that this team, like personally, do I have hope that this team could be four and two at the end of six weeks with Jacoby Brissett? Yeah, sure. Because yeah. <laughs> the front end of the schedule is wicked easy, but. If, if we're sitting here talking about, well, what happens if Jacoby Brissett get hurt, gets hurt? Now, okay, yeah, we're talking about a third-string quarterback. We're talking about wrap it up and hope for a good draft pick, basically, is what we're talking about there. And understand that that's not like an organizational failure. Well, we don't own that draft pick, by the way. No, oh, yeah, well, that's true. No team, <laughs> no team in football can get to their third-string quarterback and be good. It's not going to happen. I would, I would say that my interest in it is less – in the sense that I want to know what happens if Jacoby Brissett goes down. I'm more thinking of it in, in the aspect of Jacoby Brissett was not very good last year. I want to think, is there, is there an option that maybe makes me not, you know, nauseous <laughs> if Jacoby Brissett goes out there and stinks it up because that's on the table. He's not, this is not an infallible backup here. He's had, he's definitely had struggles. I'll take Dobbs. Let him go out and make and, and show something. Whatever. We've seen these other guys. Oh, I mean, if you brought in Heineke, one. I guess I'd be okay. What's Cardale up to these days? <laughs> He's right? not playing school. I can tell you that much. So anyways, this was a big thing. I don't, I, I, I always say these things, these things I saw on Twitter that then I forget who to credit for these things. So I'm sorry. It wasn't me, but somebody put out, oh, I don't remember who it was. Somebody put out though, like what's the best Brown or what's the best or worst or whatever. The best Browns jersey you own maybe is what it was. And I was like, well, I can tell you the worst. And it was all, the, there's like five Browns jerseys <laughs> I own that they were gone within like two years of me owning yeah. a jersey. However, I don't know if you have a Browns jersey or, or like a best one, but I will tell you my best one. I'm derailing us, but I will Go tell you it. my best one. Uh, 1999, when the Browns came back, before they had players, but right after they announced that they were going to keep the colors and the Browns and all that stuff, and the jerseys and all that, they just released a number 99 jersey that just says Browns on the back. <laughs> there you go. And I still That's have that thing. Need. And it's kind of falling apart a little bit. The letters are coming off a little bit because it's the only one I can wear. I can still wear it from 1999. I don't know why I'm bigger than I was in 1999, but it still fits. Uh, but yeah, 
that is the I think that's the only right. It's like that Josh Cribbs or Joe Thomas. Those are the yeah. right answers for Browns jerseys. <laughs> I mean, I'll, if you got a Tim Couch, it's totally fine. But uh, yes. I, I will, since we're completely derailed now, I'm going to give mm. you three guesses as to what my first Cleveland Browns jersey is. And I'll give you a couple hints. It was a running back and it was after, obviously after 99. So there's your, there's your hints. A running back after 99. <laughs> a running back after 99 was my first ever Browns jersey. I do not think you're going to get it. Oh, William Green? No. Lee Suggs? No. Ben Gay? No. Uh, it was uh, Ruben Drones. Oh, Ruben Drones. <laughs> Ruben was a beast for us for a bit. Yeah, he had a, he had a really good year. Um, that was uh, the year I started really getting into football. That was the year Ruben Drones was actually all right. Uh, yeah. So I, got, I, got, I had a Ruben Drones jersey. I need a Joe Thomas jersey. I've been meaning to buy a Joe Thomas jersey. Well, now they're probably like 500 Because that one's evergreen, you know. You, mm-hmm. any point in the next 50 years, you could buy a Joe Thomas jersey and it, and it works. I think Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, and Nick Chubb are all yeah. solid locks at and, this point, too. And let's just moment of silence for the people that bought a Justin Gilbert jersey. Oh, what, what, what were you? What, the Gilbert family? <laughs> he was a, <laughs> he was a top a 10 pick. Of, he was a top is, 10 pick. Is that who? Yeah, I know. that Everybody gives the Browns crap for drafting Johnny like that was the biggest bust yeah. pick of that draft. It was not. Nope. Gilbert was, I think, Gil, I don't know if Gilbert made it past the second year. I think he, I, I don't think he was gone at, gone after the first year, but he was, he was pretty much done. He played with Pittsburgh year. for a hot second. No. Yeah. yeah. Who bought that jersey? <laughs> Shout out to the Gilbert family. Browns, Browns drafted somebody in the top 10. People were buying that jersey. All right. Let's talk about actual football. Um, yeah. <laughs> 23 minutes into the show. Let's start talking about actual football. Uh, since we kind of don't have, you know, definitive things to talk about, I wanted to talk a little bit about, about a little bit about the coaching staff hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It was much more of a hot topic, I think, last offseason, um, but I think still worth talking about a little bit. I'm just going to we'll start with the defense. What is your confidence going into this season with Joe Woods? Uh, very high. I think Joe Woods came in his first year and I think it was like a feeling out process, but I also think he didn't have the trust or the confidence in some of his players to be aggressive defensively. And so it's what we all, we all just railed about the defense, especially the first part of that year, soft zone coverage, uh, just getting picked apart and not adjusting And that was an issue. Um, I think Joe Woods showed you a little bit of trust. What happens when he builds a little bit of trust in his players? uh, And I think you saw it last year. And I think uh, I'm all, I'm all for, I I like Joe Woods. 
I said it a couple of years ago. I would like to see them adjust. I, they didn't much, but I don't think it was because he didn't want to. I think it's because he didn't trust the abilities of some of the players like Anderson Dejo or whatever uh, to make adjustments. Uh, I think you saw it last year, though. He said before the year that they were going to be a m- much more aggressive team. Uh, they were going to get into more, you know, letting those talented cornerbacks be talented cornerbacks and not worry about them being on an island. They did that. Letting the safeties be uh, ball hawks, but also come up in the run game. They did that more last year. And I think going into a third year of Joe Woods knowing what that defensive line looks like, Joe Woods knowing what Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom and those guys bring to the table. Uh, I think uh, I, I I'm all, I'm all the way on in on Joe Woods. I think he is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. Uh, I think he got a little bit unfairly attacked year one of his tenure here, but I think last year uh, showed a much better look and I think uh, it will only get better in year three. I'm, I think I'm a little bit more hesitant uh, than that. Every time I, I try to think like, you know, overall defense was obviously very good last year, um, especially after the first couple of games, basically after that, take that bears game. And after that point, they were absolutely fantastic. Yep. But I think about that Patriots game where you had, you know, just sort of these one game sample sizes. And it's, and it's unfair because Joe Woods, obviously the system works across, you know, 17 games and you're going to have bad games, but it makes me think like in a playoff scenario, there's maybe some worry there where you, cause you had, you had Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick just completely outcoached him that game. And that's going to happen to a lot of people. Josh McDaniels and Bill that's, Belichick like, okay. have completely outcoached basically everybody in the league at this point. Correct. Uh, but it does make you a little bit worried, uh, especially even going back to uh, the playoff game against the chiefs chiefs, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely fantastic. But they still really move the ball well against that defense. So it, that's my worry is I think over the course of the season, Joe Woods is going to be, you know, a good defensive coordinator. I'm not worried about that, but I'm worried if somebody has to, has this like one week period where they, this is the playoff game and they try to beat that system. They may be looking back. There are some, you know, cracks in the armor. I, so I don't know that I'm on board with you. Because every all of the best defenses the league has ever seen have seen a one game in a season where they've just been pummeled. Yeah, <laughs> like you can take the best defenses and go back and look at a season and go, "Whoa, they give up thirty four points that one week." You know what I mean? Like one week sample sizes are tough. What you have to rely on is I'd much rather see a more steady defensive performance over the course of the year, good play calling, good performance by the defense, and then with have the understanding that you brought these guys in to perform at crunch time when it matters the most. And so if I see them get blown up one week against the Chargers, but for let's just say 14 of the, or 13 of the, of the 17 games, they're pretty dang good. You got to have the confidence that they understand that come playoff time, you have to put this together. Yep. No blow up weeks. That those are the teams that win Super Bowls. That's why it's not, it's not always the best team in the league that wins the Super Bowl. It's not yeah. always the team that was the best through the regular season. Yeah, Rams, the Rams were definitely not the best team in the league right. this year. It's the team that gets to the playoffs and understands this is when we have to put it all together. There's We cannot take one playoff, and we have to play our best football every single minute of every single game. And that's the, every single year, that's the team that wins the Super Bowl. And so 
that's why the Patriots were so good. The Patriots weren't always the best team in the league. But, man, those playoffs came around, and they were better than everybody because they knew how to elevate at that time. So I'd rather see a steady performance out of the defense, steady play calling, more trust uh, in his team uh, that we saw last year out of Joe Woods. And uh, and if they do that on a consistent basis, then you just have to have the faith that they're going to know that they need to step up and take no plays off uh, come playoff time. So it's, it's just not going to – one game isn't going to scare me off. Frankly, two or three games isn't going to scare me off. If they're consistent over the course of the year, which I think they were pretty much last year, uh, I'm I'm happy. Yep. And, and Joe Woods, um, I, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but he doesn't really have any excuses this year because you look at perhaps the two most important positions on the defense, which is the pass rusher on the edge and the cornerbacks. Uh, the Browns are absolutely you, you can put those units anybody in the league. You know, you got Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, and then you've got you know quite a bit of young talent behind him, and then Chase Winovich, potentially the return of Dak McKinley, which we'll touch on in just a second. And then that corner, I put that cornerback room, those top four corners, the uh, you know, Newsom, Ward, Greedy Williams, AJ Green, I put them up against anybody, absolutely. And one of your top, top draft picks this year, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Martin Emerson. You don't, it, it, Martin Emerson doesn't even need to play this year. But you know, if, if that's that's another like lottery pick, there you go. Here's the here's a guy with the size and athleticism to maybe mm-hmm. do some stuff. But those those top four, especially, I think AJ Green is going to absolutely have a fantastic year. That was, I think that was Emerson was part of it, but I think the fact that they they are perfectly ready to have AJ Green be playing, you know, sixty percent of snaps out there if they need him to, uh, was was part of the reason they they uh, they moved on from Hill. We got a comment. I, 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 there is a comment, I think, to be addressed due to the Joe Woods conversation. Ty Sox in the comments said JOK was underutilized. I think early in the season, you could argue that. I think early in the season, JOK is a rookie, man. And yeah. and I think he was getting used to the pro game. I, again, I think sometimes it just kind of gets forgotten that you could be a superiorly a superior talented player like JOK is. It still takes you a minute. Yeah, It takes you a minute. Playing at Notre Dame is not the same as playing in the NFL. And you know that, Ty Sox, and I'm not trying to be condescending. But I think it took a minute. But I think once once JOK earned some trust, he was out there a lot. Yep. Uh, and, I think, and I think even if you do feel like he was still not out there enough, understand that he's playing more than he ever has before. Yeah. Ever in his life, he's playing more football now. And so there, I think there is an element of just kind of being careful with a guy, especially at a high-impact position like a linebacker. And especially with a guy like JOK, who you've got doing everything out on the field when he's out there, um, you know, I, I think you don't want to ride that dude into the ground his rookie year. Yeah, and I think it's also worth it to remember just Joe Woods uses linebackers in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things you'll notice, and this is this is a nice thing for me, who is, you know, not not obviously the best film guy. But when you go to PFF, the linebacker grades for the Browns, they're almost all higher than like, you know, they're good to great. And the reason is those linebackers are playing limited snaps. They're playing the situations where they know they're good. Sione Takitake, they know exactly what Sione Takitake can do on the field. They'll put him on the field when they need that to happen. They'll take him off when they don't. And that's Joe Uh, Woods. Joe Woods gets credit for that. That is Joe Woods' credit all the way. Absolutely. And then when you think about Anthony Walker was the green dot last year, a lot of times they're only running two linebackers and they still want to find you know, things for Malcolm Smith to do because he was still somewhat effective last year. Uh, Tioni Taki Taki early on in the season, obviously it was kind of difficult to weave JOK in. And then as the season moved on more, they ended up, I think playing a, a lot more with three linebackers and then they had Walker and JOK out there you I, know, quite a bit. I think the other thing is you, nobody knew 
ever the, the full range of capabilities of JOK, I think everybody still doesn't know. You know, and, and I think that's the other thing that plays into JOK is this is a guy that's he is a linebacker, but he's kind of a safety too. But you can also like play him in coverage and like he can also be a blitzer. He can do so much out on the field and he can line up in so many places that I think it is going to take a couple seasons to see the full like the full spectrum of what that guy can bring out onto the field. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think maybe he was a little bit limited his rookie year, but I, I mean, it's only it's only going up from there. Yeah, he's a, he's a defense changing guy. He's a guy who you can ask him to do unrealistic things, which is is just something that completely changes the defense. You know, yeah. that's that's the whole reason the Rams defense was good. I'm not going to compare it to Aaron Donald. I'm not doing that, by the way. Nope. But the same idea is when you have these very unique players, you can ask them to do unrealistic things and that frees up things in, on the rest of the defense right. to the point where you can, you know, you can drop more guys in coverage because you believe, you know, anything that's going to the outside, even if JOK isn't at the right spot, at the start of the play, he has the speed to make it up and he can get there. Uh, and that's, that's such a big deal. I think having those unfair guys, having those, those guys who can do things that, uh, that really free you up to do whatever you want uh, with the rest of the defense. Um, a little bit less to talk about with the offense, obviously, because we're still talking about, um, you know, you know, we're still waiting a little bit on Deshaun Watson, but we will touch a, a, a real quick on Alex Van Pelt uh, and Kevin Stefanski. How confident are you? We're we're supposed to see a change here. We're obviously with the quarterbacks they brought in, Brissett and Dubs, indicate even past Watson. This offense is going to change. Uh, this offense is going to be focused a lot more on the mobile quarterback. How confident are you in Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt to execute that? Considering, you know, Stefanski's history is Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield. It's very different from what he's done before. So, yes, that is true. But I don't think that really matters. <laughs> because here's the truth of the matter. And I think any coach that's ever coached any buddy that's ever been involved with the game will tell you this when you have superior players out on the field it's easier to coach yeah so even if they play a different style if they're a superior player they are easier to coach and 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 again we'll see what all goes down but if it's Deshaun Watson out there he is going to be easier to coach not saying that he's more coachable it's not a coachable thing it's just oh my playbook just went from this to this yeah, it's the same same thing we just talked about with Jay okay so it's easier. It is easier to coach that with uh, the thing with JOK, the, the difference here, you don't really know about JOK. J, uh, uh, you don't know about him yet because he's, he was a rookie last year and he yeah. still got, you know, about Deshaun Watson, you know what he brings to the table. He's done it in the league for years. Now, you know what the dude brings to the table. So am I confident? Yes. Because I, first of all, I think Kevin Stefanski is a phenomenal head coach. I also look at coaching on more of a macro than a micro. So it's not about, oh, but he didn't take that time out that one time. Or, oh, my yeah. God, look at how many times he went for it on fourth down and didn't get It's not that. He coaches on such a smart level that I have supreme confidence. And then Alex Van Pelt's a vet, man. He knows how to coach football. And I think the two of them have shown it's this conversation that we always get into about, like, well, should this guy be calling plays or that guy be calling plays? And I always have to back people off of that because if you think one guy – if you think yeah. one guy is just calling plays, you're wrong. Maybe he's yeah. the guy that's calling in the play, or maybe he's the guy that has the final say in what play gets called. But if you if you don't realize that Alex Van Pelt 
and Kevin Stefanski are talking the entire game all the way through trying to come up with what the next play is, then then I think you should listen to those headsets once because that's how play calling works. Yeah, so, and every every team now has like not just a play caller, but a pass game coordinator and a run game coordinator. You know, everybody's talking during the game. And I think Super Surge made a great uh, a great comment. Uh, he's confident because if Stefanski doesn't call the best play, Watson will still make him look good during those moments. That is what I'm talking about. It's easy to coach superior talent. And, and, and I'm confident that Stefanski will call the right play more often than not because of yeah. what I have seen in his couple of years here. So, uh, no, miss, listen, man, I think, I think they're going to have a really, really good time. I think they probably already are. I think Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt and that crew, the quarterbacks coach, everybody, I think they're all probably having a really good time looking at what Deshaun Watson brings to the table and creating their playbook around that. Uh, and I expect, I expect those guys to come up with some really big stuff. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm much more confident in the offense, confident in the offense versus Joe. I'm, I'm still confident in Joe Woods of the defense, but I'm more confident in the offense. I'm going to tell you exactly why. It's because Stump Mitchell's back. No, Stump, Stump let's Stump go, Mitchell, baby. Stump Mitchell is back, baby. Okay, let's so let's – I mean, the best running backs coach in the NFL. you got the best offensive line coach in the NFL. One of the best offensive line coaches in NFL history yeah. right now. Uh, I mean, it's – it feels like the floor on the offense, even with Jacoby Brissett, is not that low. There's just it, there's too much going for it. But uh, I think we've also seen I think we've also seen Ian that there's been a lot of talent on this offense. There was a lot of talent on this offense yeah. last year. A lot of talent on this offense. It, it's it's all about the quarterback. It's all about the quarterback. Well, I don't want to talk about the quarterback. Anymore, no, so we're gonna move. We're gonna move right along. If anybody has any more questions, feel free to throw them in the chat. Uh, we'll touch briefly on Tack McKinley. What are your thoughts on uh, Tack? Um, I, I think we really don't know. Uh, obviously, I think the Browns would love to have him back, but the Achilles—that's that's a year-long recovery. That's potentially multiple years. So, um, I think they'd love to have him back, but I, I, I would. My thoughts would be temper your expectations there. Uh, I'm not sure what you think about it. Uh, I'll take them all day, every day. Uh, I think I think uh, what I learn time and time again is that modern medicine and modern athletes are very different. I don't think an Achilles is necessarily a one-year thing anymore. I don't think uh, – we've seen guys come back earlier than that from Achilles. Uh, I think, you know, it's the same thing you see with torn ACLs. Right. You saw these you had these wide receivers with torn ACLs that were in the NFL draft that got taken earlier than people had thought, potentially, because these dudes are coming back from torn ACLs in like five months. Uh, and, and so I know the Achilles is a big injury, but I would still I think Tack McKinley is one of those guys that a knows the system, played in the system last year, uh, started to play really, really well in the system. Uh, and I would love to see him. You know, if you're talking to me about a uh, an edge rushing unit of Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney and Tack McKinley and Chase Winovich and whoever else you're going to have out there, uh, Alex Wright, those guys in that edge room, uh, oh, I'll take that all day. I, and I think I think that's a position you cannot have enough depth at because it's so physical and so violent that it's surprising to get through a year without missing a few games here or there. So you want to have Supreme depth there. Yeah. And uh, you know, obviously I think we were all pretty happy with what tack provided last year as, as that third defensive end, as that rush defensive end. Uh, and, and that's an important position for the Browns, given just the size of their regular defensive ends, given the size of Miles Garrett, uh, Jadavion Clowney, their ability to move inside. 
Um, I would love to see Tack back. I'm a little bit lower on Chase Winovich than I think some people are. Um, I, I understand he's, you know, he's, he's had success in the past and he immediately ingratiated himself with the fans by uh, letting them pick his number. One of the nice. options, which was 69. So obviously that's what they chose. Uh, they chose, uh, but that's, so obviously I think fans are a little bit, you know, they, they if like he's your they fourth like, option. If he's your fourth option. Yeah. That's a great fourth option. It is. It's worth remembering though. Chase Winovich last year, understand he was playing out of position. understand that maybe he didn't utilize him well. He had zero sacks, zero tackles for loss. So that's why I would love to see Tech come back. That would be a dream for me. If he could come back, say halfway through the season and be, you know, 90% of what he was last year, oh, that would be I think, a really big deal. Um, so let's uh, a question for, from Super Surge uh, here. Uh, he feels like even as much as Chubb gets talked about, he's still somehow underrated. Um, I think that's I think that's true and untrue. Uh, it depends who you ask, right? I think the I think normal fans maybe don't respect him as much, but I think most of the time when you talk about you know the media, they they know Chubb is in that level with you know Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. Um, but this is it's a good question because when he when he was a rookie, he was the pass catching running back and they really moved away from that with Kareem hunt. Is that something you think they could maybe use utilize with him a little bit more this year? No. And I don't think they really want to like, I, I know that they did do that his rookie year and he was much better than people thought. I don't think he's a premier pass catcher. I know. Listen, I know you can flash that video of him going up and over a Bengals uh, defender <laughs> and catching a ball on his back for a touchdown. And that was sweet. Uh, I am still of the opinion that you, I like the way Stefanski has played the running backs. And I know people are out there screaming about have them both out there. And oh, I love, I don't think people understand, especially if the Browns are able to build a lead, what a, what a rested Nick Chubb does to a team in the fourth quarter. Because when you're on the other team and Nick Chubb comes in and he's only got like 12 carries that game, but the Browns are winning, you're going to lose that game. Yeah. You are going to lose that game because Nick Chubb is just going to run you to death. Uh, I, I think I think when you've got guys on the team like Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is a superior pass catcher to Nick Chubb, far and away a superior pass catcher. Uh, I'd rather have Dearness Johnson out there catching passes than Nick Chubb. I just think those guys are better at it, at being pass catching uh, running backs. So what I'd like to see with Chubb, and I think what they've always had the most success with Chubb on, Yes, if you want to surprise a defense and hit him with a wheel route, sure. But I love Nick Chubb in the screen game. That's where I think they have always succeeded with Nick Chubb. But do I think he's going to go out there and be like a guy that you motion out of the backfield and put him at line him up at the slot and let him run routes from over there? No, no, I don't. I don't think that's where you want to be living if you're the Browns. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I always love the Space Browns references. Uh, one of my favorite videos of all time. If you guys have not heard the Space Browns song, you got to go go to YouTube. Just type in Space Browns. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we'll close with this one. We'll close with this one. Another one from Super Surge. Uh, we'll help him out oh. here because he's given us some questions. He says he's higher on Anthony Schwartz than others. Give me something to help arguments with his buddies. Do we got anything for him nope. uh, on Anthony Schwartz? Nope. He's got to, he's got to show it, you know, there's, we won't, it's one of those things where you don't know. He was definitely not a, a really consistent NFL receiver last year. He was not ready. He wasn't he, impactful whatsoever. Yeah. He, well, they, they try, he was for the first, you know, game and a half. And then he, he quit on that route uh, uh, or route, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> and 
then he he was just in the doghouse and yeah. then had the concussion issues obviously uh it took a little bit longer to recover from concussion that happens you know better safe than sorry with us every every single time but we just don't know um, i think I, you know, he I think, needs I, to have improved significantly from last year and we don't I know think, if he's done that yet i think one thing that we don't talk enough about with kevin stefanski and, and alex van pelt and those guys i think they are very they have very high expectations for the level of performance both physically and mentally of their wide receivers yeah I, and i think you've seen it i think i think yeah you had obj who wasn't always the best route runner out there but he was he was talented. He is a talented guy, so he's going to be out there. But like fans clamoring for Rashard Higgins for for the last couple of years, and he wasn't out there. Yeah, Rashard Higgins was bad at at some of the fundamentals of being a receiver. I know Baker Mayfield yeah. loved him, and I know he would catch some touchdowns. But man, he ran some terrible routes. And yeah. and he Absolutely. and he you he was in the doghouse for a reason. Yeah, Anthony Schwartz got himself in the doghouse. I think they they have a certain type of receiver. That's why they loved Jarvis. Yeah. Because he was so crisp and clean at what he did at wide receiver. It's why I think they picked David Bell and why they probably were so excited to get David Bell. Yeah. Because that's the kind of player that David Bell is. How about Amari Cooper? A, a precise route runner. Absolutely. Uh, I love the comments you hear about, oh, uh, Amari Cooper – these new these new wide receivers are learning from Amari Cooper that he's got eight different ways to run like a slam. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Uh, that's the kind of player that the Browns want, and that is not what Anthony Schwartz was last year. Now, do you want some hope with your friends? I mean, it's there's only the only thing I can give you, man, is he's really fast and he's really raw and he's really young, and he's really young, very very young. And so, can he be better? Yeah. But I, I, it scares me how thin he is, because he's not going to be, he's 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 not like the kind of guy that's going to go sit over the middle and catch a ball. It, that scares me. Uh, and I don't know. I think you took a guy hoping that his speed was going to carry him, but he's got to show a lot more than he did last year. Uh, and so I, I hope he'd be all right. I hope. And and you're right, Super Surge in the comments. None of our wide receivers made big impacts other than DPJ sporadically, and I agree with that. Because I think people are a little way high on DPJ, but yeah, he's he's still got a lot to show as well. But like, uh, he's to me, last year was like a learning year for for the guy. And if Anthony Schwartz, if he comes out and has an impact the first couple of games, okay, cool. But if he has another year like last year, he probably won't be on the team next uh, the year after. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where where we're at. Yeah, and it's 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 worth mentioning um, when you talk about these players that um, he, he really is. He was one of the youngest receivers in last year's draft. Yeah. So he's, he's only 21. There were plenty of rookies that uh, were drafted this year that were significantly older uh, than him, not just older than him, significantly older. Yeah. Um, he's actually, uh, he is, he's a couple months younger than David Bell. There you go. Give him uh, some positive. Go Ian. Give him something to win the argument. So, yeah, so he's, he's, he's got a lot more time, you know, he's got a lot. He is, He's not ready to be an NFL receiver, but they're not uh, asking him to be a complete NFL receiver yet. They're kind of they want him to do uh, they want him to sort of bring him along and um, we'll see how he does. He's got to show it. Um, and it's it's going to be tough to get on the field, especially because of how much this offensive uh, these offensive guys love uh, wide receivers that can block. You know, so, the other the other thing that scares me a little bit about Schwartz is I think the addition of Jakeem Grant 
scares me about the looks that Schwartz is going to get because Schwartz was supposed to be the speed guy, the guy that you yep. brought in for end arounds and even just to be a decoy on end arounds or, or swing passes that he could use his speed and get out into the outside and, and fly down the sideline. But Jakeem, Jakeem Grant is that kind of guy. Yeah, he just wasn't shifty. They, 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 he wasn't effective in those situations when they tried him with the end arounds. You know, he, he, he's got that straight line speed. You know, obviously, but he was not great at making guys miss. So uh, I think it's it's going to be if he's going to have an impact, it's going to be as a wide receiver. They're going to have to teach him how to uh, use his speed as a wide receiver more so used than to use his speed to make people miss in the open field. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they use him. Um, he is, he was a project when they drafted him. They knew he was, he was more of an athlete than a wide receiver and he was very, very young when they drafted him. That's still true now. So, uh, I, I wouldn't expect him to have a breakout year. I would not. Um, but, uh, you know, slowly bring him along and then you start looking third, fourth year. Uh, is he ready to see the field a little bit more? Uh, thanks everybody for joining. That was, that was fun. Mostly, <laughs> um, hopefully, hopefully soon. Back to the backup will, quarterbacks. Back to the backup quarterbacks. <laughs> hopefully soon we will be able to uh, move on to uh, more in-depth breakdowns of how the season is going to go. Obviously, everything's in a holding pattern. Hopefully, I I hope next week when we're here, uh, we can talk to you about the actual facts of the scenario that happened with Deshaun Watson. We can, uh, you know, curb the speculation a little bit, but uh, thanks everybody for joining. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for garage beers, 9 PM every Tuesday. Uh, and uh, we also have a couple things on the site. If you wanted to go check it out, Jack Duffin talking a little bit, we talked about special teams at the end there with Jakeem Grant. Jack Duffin's got a, uh, a list of uncuttable special teams players. So if you want to go check that out, go check out the site. Some interesting stuff. Lane Atkins had some stuff in uh, Ask the Insiders. Uh, there was a question about Josh Dobbs we talked about today. So if you want to go check out what uh, a follow-up on Josh Dobbs, uh, Lane Atkins had some stuff to say there. So make sure to check that out. Uh, and anything else, anything else, what, what do you got? What do you got tomorrow, Mike? What should people look forward to uh, tomorrow? We're still working on a couple things. We know we do have, uh, listen, the, the, the big news. And again, we don't just talk Browns. I know this is a Browns thing, but we talk everything on garage beers, uh, tomorrow, uh, on garage beers. Uh, we're going to celebrate, uh, the biggest signing of the NHL offseason. uh, Johnny Gaudreau to the Columbus blue jackets. We're going to do that with the man who has been the only director of communications for the Columbus blue jackets in their entire history. Uh, so Todd Chirac is going to join us to just talk a little bit about what that signing means, how exciting this offseason has been and what what fans can look forward to. And Todd is awesome. He's the reason we get as many Blue Jackets players as we get. So Todd's going to jump out with us. We're also uh, we're looking for a Guardians guest as well. We're working on that. If not, we'll talk a little bit about the Guardians. We'll talk a little bit about the All-Star game, all that stuff. So it'll be a really fun time. Bring your beers. And I've got to I've got to uh, pay up on losing cleveland baseball trivia last week and i've got to bring the worst beer that i can think of and oh, drink no. it on the podcast so i gotta pay oh uh, that'll i i'm interested in that as well i i i could i have some suggestions if you have if you're if you're missing some ideas but listen i've got some ideas but i i will take some i if you want to shoot them over to me on the slack channel let me know what your suggestions <laughs> are because i, I gotta, do I, know. i'd have to think back to uh my my uh my low income drinking days no 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 but don't send me, put it don't send me like keystone or bush light or anything because i think those are just fine no we need like things i have high expectations for that sucked and that's okay, fair, i've got fair, a list fair. of those in my head but i'll take any other suggestions fair enough all right well thanks everybody for joining us see you tomorrow for garage beers have a good night cheers paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen 
This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.